Hi guys, AMC from Blackboard Web Podcast here. To those of you who listen regularly, you'll know that we've been on hiatus for around six months or so. We're working behind the scenes to bring Blackboard Web Podcast back again full time. But in the meantime, to celebrate Pride Month, I thought I'd share about one hour conversation I had with Dorian Blackstar and Anya Begodwin, actors from the critically acclaimed production Foxes in front of a live studio audience. I joined them after their Saturday night performance to discuss the show in detail and talk about the themes and what it was like to play the characters. It was a great time. Both Anyebe and Dorian were great guests, so I hope you enjoy it. about ready to start. Hello everyone, welcome to a very special edition of Blackboard Joy Podcast, live from Seven Dials Playhouse. I am Ainsley, I'll be your captain for this flight. Um, I guess a bit about Blackboard Joy Podcast, we are usually a twosome, today we're a solo act and we put basically a podcast that discusses life, culture, uh, sexuality, all sorts, kind of from the black, queer, male perspective. But we also try to be quite inclusive in the subjects that subject matters that we cover and the guests that we have as well. Um, I am very, very fortunate to have two wonderful guests. Um, I have Enyebe Godwin and Dory Blackstock. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I have a wonderful audience. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So, Doreen and Anyebe are cast members of Foxes, that is a play written by Dexter Flanders. That's, that's here until the 11th of June, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, you've done two shows tonight, is that, is that correct? You did a matinee and an evening. So, yes. yeah. I'm, I'm one lucky boy to have you still here. Still <laughs> wanting to talk to anyone, still wanting to process any brain matter. So, I'm really grateful to have you here. And um, with everyone here, I'm really grateful that you've managed to stick around, come mm. see, to see, hopefully uh, partake in the joy, anything like that. So, thank you, thank you everyone. So, we'd like have, have like a quick chat. We'll, we'll hold some questions for the end. Is there anything burning questions you want to say, you want to add, you want to like um, contribute, then just like stick your hand up, make yourself known, and we'll do that. So before we kind of get into it, I think as a way to kind of set the tone, maybe we should go around and say like one thing that we're joyful about, or one thing that makes us feel joyful. We should start with you and your bay. Yeah, we're we talking about in general. In general, anything could be something you ate today. Something you watch, something you listen to, anything that makes you joyful. Um, I would say went to this Mexican restaurant, so like Pacifico's, just around the corner, opposite like Pineapple. Okay. Um, with um, two of my friends um, after the matinee, that was just nice. That made me joyful. Okay. Friends after the matinee show. So when you say Mexican, yeah. do you mean like Mexico Mexican, or do you mean like like you know Tex-Mex across the border, like some burritos or? I think it's more Mexican. I think it's right, okay. Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> the food that was served was, yeah. Okay. All right, great. And Doreen? I'm joyful about the weather. You just stole, you literally stole what I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say the weather. Whenever yeah. the sun is out, I'm just really happy. 
more happier mm. than I usually am. So yeah. yeah, the weather is just great. Yeah, I was literally just about to say this exactly the same thing as you. Whenever the weather, like if I'm at 40%, the sunshine being out, the sun being on my skin brings me up to a 70% every yeah. single time. Yeah, like, they could have told me that, like, I'm getting fired that day. They could have told <laughs> yeah. me anything, but, like, if that sun is shining, I'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same. I yeah. So, most of us have already seen Foxes already, mm-hmm. but for the listeners who might not have watched it, it could, um, you could anyone, like, give us, like, a brief like, summary of what the show is, what the show is about? Uh, yeah, I would say the show is about um, family, mm-hmm. it's about friendship, and it's about what happens when a change in situation or circumstance occurs, mm-hmm. and how that kind of affects everyone going forward, and how that's managed without giving too much away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess I should probably say now that I will try to be a bit light on spoilers, but we've all seen it, so yeah, and there are certainly <laughs> some scenes from that from the play that I want to want to get into. So yeah, so and we'll do our best. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So interestingly enough, um, I have seen Foxes twice now. The first time I watched it was I went to an event called Black Men Who Brunch, which is the, an event that's organised by Black Men Who Brunch, which is like for Black queer men. It was like a Sunday afternoon. I won't lie, I was hungover as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and so when we, uh, when we sat down to watch it, we were like huddled into a room. I didn't know what we were going to watch. I didn't know what Foxes was. I didn't know what to expect from the, from the play when we were about to watch it. It was a live stream that, um, that we yeah. saw. All right. When I sat down and was like getting to Act One, and I was like, oh, this is a, like, this is a nice play. Like, there's, uh, there's a man. His girlfriend is just, uh, just pregnant. There's some like conflict there because they are from two different religions. She's been kicked out of home. I'm not like, oh yeah, this is my play. Yeah, like, I understand. And then in the end of Act One, when like is it Leon and Daniel they kiss, I'm like, oh right, right. So this is it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you have you ever been in like anything or done any projects that have kind of like dealt with this subject matter before. Oh my goodness, I've got to think about this. <laughs> I tell Oh, oh goodness, what am I talking about? Um, yes. You but have. not not theatre. Oh, okay. What was the Right, so um I play I play Eric's mum in sex education. <laughs> <laughs> obviously very different because you know she's more tolerant and accepting yeah. and even though they go to church they embrace their son you know for being different and um so yes so yeah it, it, it's i i have played a character yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whose child has um come out does that mean you know shooty shooty gatwa i do amazing amazing news that blew my mind and it's so correct yeah you should get it it's gonna be beautiful absolutely believe it or not i knew, i can't say no shooty i knew him from before 
So like many moons ago, um, we both performed in the same show. I was a musician, oh. I'm not an actor. So um, we did an Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I oh, think right. in 2011. So that's when he would have been in first year of university. Right. Or maybe like just finishing his first year of university. Okay. And uh, the music director asked me basically like, would you do these two shows in Edinburgh? And that's where, that's where we met. We lived together for like almost a month. What? So, yeah, so we, so we got to know each other. I say new because I think right now, considering like how popular, famous he is, how acclaimed his work is, yeah. it's like one of those situations where like, I know you, but you don't know me. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, when I knew him then, he was, he was actually like a proper diva, actually I say like, yeah, like 18 year old. He was super confident. Yes. He um, like recited like lines from I think it was like Devil's Father at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Gossip Girl. Oh, but, bless like, him. He was always so charming and is always yeah. just super super talented. So yeah. I'm ecstatic for him. Yeah. That he got gorgeous. it. But anyway, sorry. Back to business. <laughs> 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 so in um, in Foxes, um, if you could say a bit about like the characters you play, start with you and your boo. Yeah, I play a character called Leon. Um, Leon's a bit of a lone wolf. Um, Leon is someone who doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve. Yeah. Quite secretive and private. I think um, an observer. Mm-hmm. So really... Wow. Wow. Um, but like a bit um, an observer watches doesn't give too much always busting jokes yeah yeah um, but can see people for who they are mm-hmm. I see and Doreen which character do you so I play Patricia the matriarch the mother of this uh, family um, the husband has died um, I would say about seven years previously and she's raised her two children. They're doing exceptionally well. Um, and then there is an event that happens and it shatters her world, um, her religious world. She is a devout Christian. Um, she, be, she believes in the word. And when she's challenged with this otherness, mm. she's brought to her knees. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Are we allowed to say what the, what the thing is? I'm not sure. But without, I mean, you know, without giving too much away, her son comes out, you know, and, and, and she's very different to, as I say, you know, Patricia, uh, uh, sorry, um, Beatrice in, in Sex Ed. She has a very um, interesting yeah. <laughs> reaction to it as opposed to a response. Yeah. Mm. So, um, I came to see uh, Parks yesterday to kind of get the the play in my brain. And one of the first things that Patricia says in it um, was like, she'd made a fact that like, oh, people at work keep calling me past. And that reminded me of my mum so much. (laughs) My mum's name is Jacqueline. And it's Jacqueline and it stays Jacqueline. 
for people who knows her, know her, she had like, you know, like in Caribbean communities, yeah. you have like a nickname. Yes. Yeah, yes. so if your friend, they can call her Bardi and that's Bardi broad leg because she grew, she grew tall, like yeah. taller than the rest of her siblings. But if you don't know her, it's Jacqueline and Jacqueline only. Yeah. And that was like, when um, Patricia says that, like, oh, everyone keeps calling me Pat, like I'm Paul and Pat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was like, you're my mom, you're my mom. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people relate to her. You know, um, especially if you're, you know, in that, in the, in the, the queer community, you can, you know, and you ventured, you know, you've been courageous enough to come out to your family, to your parents. Um, a lot of people can relate to Patricia and how she responded, reacted in this show. Absolutely. Um, can I just say that I thought you were fantastic Thank in you. the show. Thank you. And yeah, I thought that though like both of you, everyone in the play, like it was it's like dramatization. It's like something that sort of that Dexter role that um, had been directed, been acted, but it really just couldn't be real life. And like I could see myself I've seen myself in situations that really mirror as like a black gay man that really mirrors the things that I've seen in Foxes. And I think so we if we like go to the story we kind of like get to act one. Um, Daniel, our main character, is living his life. There's kind of like a bombshell where like he kisses his friend Leon. And then from there is that when it get when it gets so real. And like you mentioned in the like in um, when you're just talking about the scene where he comes out, which I think is probably the most pivotal moment in the whole play mm. to his mom. And the way it is, like, you can feel the tension in, like, in your, like, kind of, like, in your body, like, in your, yeah. I wonder, like, what is it like to, like, do that, like, every day, kind of, like, get yourself to that point where you need to, like, give the emotion you need to? For me, um, and for, for most actors, for me, it, it, it literally is being in the moment. Yeah. Every single time I, I do that scene, it's brand new to me. Every single time. So I don't preempt. I don't think about what it could be or how it was yesterday. It is fresh in that moment. So whenever you come to see it, you'll always see a different, that scene, it will always be different. Yeah. Because Michael, who plays um, Daniel, gives me different things. Plus, it, there's a synergy with the audience. So it's very different, you yeah. know, in terms of how they react. Sometimes it's very vocal. <laughs> and yeah. you've got to, you know, you just got to wait for that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then you, you go with that. But... It's a tough, it's a very tough scene to play, very yeah. tough scene to play. Um, and, it's, and it's based on my auntie, mm -hmm. who I'm named after, whose son is quite well known. If After this, if you don't know him, then Google him. His name is Vernal Scott. He's a, he's a, a black gay man. He's very active. In fact, he organized um, um, a march called Reach Out and Touch, after, um, and I, I think it was in the late, um, no, it was the early 90s, I think. And, um, oh my God, our queen, our queen who died, um, oh my God, what's her name? I'm every woman. Oh, oh Whitney Houston? Whitney Houston came. Yeah. Whitney Houston came. Oh, he, about me. He too. got Whitney Houston to come to this event in Hyde Park and we marched all the way from Hyde Park to 10 Downing Street 
to just um, talk about the, the inhumanity and the way that people being treated with um, HIV. So It's a Sin was quite similar, you know, it really reflected what was yeah. going on at that time. Um, so yeah, I got my character from my auntie because my auntie put, tore out the Bible. When he came out to his mum, my auntie tore out the Bible, sheets of the Bible, um, Psalms 23, and put it underneath his pillar. He'd wake up, there was, he'd, he'd get out of bed, there was salt on the floor to ward off evil. There would be garlic stuffed in his pillowcase. So that's where I got you know, the reference from. Right. And you can read about it in his book called um, God's Other Children. God's Other Children. I think that's what it's called, yeah, God's Other Children. Okay. And it's by Vernal Scott. God he's other, my cousin. God's Other Children by yeah. Vernal Scott. Yes, I think it's God's Other Children by Vernal Scott. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's a plug. Everyone go out and read <laughs> God's Other Children by Vernal Scott. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, I guess so, giving us some context, kind of, makes me know, like, what, like, like I said, like, where, I guess, you or where Patricia was coming from mm -hmm. when, uh, when that scene in particular plays out. I think as me, as, like, a black gay man, like, I think, like, almost, of what, like, those times I've watched it, it's almost kind of triggering to see, like, to see that play out, because it's kind of, like, your worst fears realised. Mm. Like, when you come to your mum, like, the person who is, like, your protector, who is someone that like that you've relied on for everything that you've ever had in your life, and you come into them from a place of real vulnerability, mm. and then to have that reaction again, it is yeah, it was tough. Like I could yeah, I could I could really really see it and really feel it. Yeah. And I'm wondering like the, the play so Foxes, it's all it's all done at once. There's no interval. All three acts play out at the same time, mm. and so that really like it that that means that like all the tension, everything that's built up throughout the play, like, it's always there, it's always present, because, like, it's got nowhere else to go. Mm. And think of, like, the setting, because, like, I guess where we are for the listeners, um, it's almost like an amphitheatre, so everyone's, like, looking down on us. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, like, creates a bit more of an intimate atmosphere as well. Yeah. I'm wondering, like, how is that like to kind of, like, try to do your work through all of that tension and still give us a good performance? Uh, and, yeah, babe, you... Um i say it's about being in the moment. Yeah. Um, like we've done the work in rehearsals mm -hmm. and we know, we know the truth of the story and the characters. Yeah. So you kind of, like we're in a black box for people listening, we're in like a black box studio kind of theatre. So um, there's nothing outside, like you said, everything stays here. Mm -hmm. So you know what you're bringing on stage, you know mm -hmm. the energy you feel on stage, mm -hmm. and it is symbiotic with the audience as well. Yeah. So you know what your what the audience might take from it, or what you're putting out there, mm -hmm. and you also feel it back in a way. And it's not to say that it influences your performance, mm -hmm. but every night it's a different energy you're giving and getting mm -hmm. from people even though you're telling the same story yeah I get that so it's about kind of just feeling that but then just being mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah that's what I say so your character Leon was the one I relate to the most I think in the um, in Foxes mm. I mean like I said not try to give too much away but um, Leon is like a character who is I'd say kind of like on the DL 
So that is that uh, basically for anyone who doesn't know means that someone kind of like lives their life as like a gay or queer person but do it in complete secret. And that mirrors like a good portion of my life that I spent before I managed to pick up the courage and actually come out and be more open with it. I was wondering kind of like Dory, like was there an inspiration that you took for his character or anything, anything like that, that kind of like informed like your work on stage? I would say, I think when I first read the play, I just understood it in terms yeah. of um, people hide a lot of things because mm-hmm. they might feel ashamed or coming from specific backgrounds. Um, and then I kind of just started to speak to people that I knew. Mm-hmm. And even in taking the role and doing the role the first time, when it was on at Theatre 503, people just people that I knew just came up to me and like, yeah, that's... That's accurate. Yeah. That's me. Yes. Yeah. Or I've just not said anything or I'm not sure. And it just opened up a conversation that maybe if I hadn't taken the role, people wouldn't have felt comfortable. Because when I say people, it's friends, people that I know, do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Who haven't come out or are just figuring out where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I think I started to understand, just like to speak and yeah. kind of listen mm-hmm. and um, just started to read. And the script does it well. It just tells the story beautifully and it's so poetic and it's so colourful where you can understand and see it there. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So with Leon, I think in the play I was watching it, like Leon does a very, very good job of like what, what you say, like patterning it. So mm-hmm. he, um, he like puts things in his life to make sure that no one can ever know, that no one would even really mm. even guess yeah. that he has relationships with men. And that's like, I also, when I was on the DL, when I was like conducting relationships in secret, mm. I tried to do the same thing. Mm. The big difference with me and Leon is that like, Leon could do it and did it quite successfully. Me, I was not fooling anyone with my any straight ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I used to try and pretend like I was straight, like talk about girlfriends I might have had, and people saw straight through me. <laughs> I think with me, like, it's kind of one of those things that like I've always, I've obviously always been gay, and I've never had the skills to like to hide it, even when like even when I wanted to, even when like it was more advantageous to me to to like not. It just it, it it wasn't gonna happen for me, and I think yeah I think one of the things that you do what you get when you grow up is that you just kind of just learn to accept that and learn to take all the things that like are bad or are things that you're supposed to hide and actually those are strengths mm. that you have. Mm. There was a particular scene again with um, Leon and Daniel that really really struck me that I wanted to ask you about, mm. and it's after so I think it's towards the end of Act Two. And it's after Daniel comes out, he has have a really big emotional scene with his mum. And then he goes to um, to Leon's home, yeah. where they're kind of like having, almost like if you've read any James Baldwin, like a Giovanni's room type yeah. affair. Yeah. And he comes to him and he says, I've come out to my mum. And bear in mind, we saw the scene before saying that I want you, I want us to be together. And then when Leon hears that, all he can think about is like, am I going to be exposed? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really from a place of fear. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to actually like commend you, especially for for doing that scene, doing the whole role in a way that is like just completely, completely accurate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I when I watched that scene, I could see that he was coming from a place of fear, mm-hmm. and kind of like it's almost as if like there's something that you want, there's something that's here, and you can grab it. But in between that 
and where you are is like a whole minefield mm. and that minefield is like people's expectations, people's mm. judgments, mm. like what's going to happen to me, what's going to happen to everyone else and when you're in that moment it's really hard to navigate, like mm. it's actually hard to navigate and you managed to convey those emotions really well so I wanted to, um, I really wanted to like say that, make sure that's on record for, any, for everyone to hear. Thank you very much for that. Um, I guess another one of the big themes of the play is kind of like religion mm. and like when, um, when I said when I watched it the first time that's what I thought the whole thing was going to be and obviously we have uh, like we have Mira who is Daniel's uh, Daniel's kind of like partner who is having mm. a child and she's Muslim mm. and we have uh, we have Daniel and Patricia and like the family who are Christian as well mm. and so there was like almost like a big like like intersection between like religion and culture in the play so yeah i was wondering like i don't know like if anyone is religious or like do you have any experience that might speak to kind of like the religious aspect of foxes oh <laughs> hot subject um i was raised in the pentecostal church so yeah um yeah so uh, uh, am i religious i so <laughs> I do I do believe that there is something other than or bigger than us yeah. that I absolutely believe in. I think it's important to have a spiritual relationship with yourself and with the other. Whether you call it Allah, whether you call it Jehovah, whether you call it mm -hmm. God, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that... Um, it's it's a way of human beings, you know, just being able to connect spiritually with everybody else or, you know, from a soul connection. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think it's an accident that no matter what continent you're on, that we all have some language that we speak to something other than, mm -hmm. you know, bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love the fellowship of going to um, church, but I do think it's the open of the people. I do think that it is the, the thing that's used to control us. It's um, used to create and organize and instruct evil. Yeah. You know, whether it's slavery or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't subscribe to that. Mm -hmm. So having been brought up in that religion, um, the Pentecostal religion, I did come out of it because at some point I do think there comes a point where you just think, oh, that's not right. I, yeah. I don't understand. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then you go on to make your choice and, you know, and, and have a spiritual um, life relationship that is your own. Yeah. You know, that I think is okay. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my kind of like journey. Mm -hmm. But every now and again, I'm not going to lie, I will go to church and it's just great to be in a room full of other people that look like me, mm -hmm. that I feel safe, that I can rage and talk about what's happening to me, the racism, the, the just the, everything that's, you know, garnered against me yeah. that everyone understands and there's some that, you know, there's a, a congregation that makes sense and we have joy and when we sing and... There's nothing like it. There's nothing like fellowship. I, there's nothing like it. I think yeah. it's beautiful. So I make it my own. Yeah. 
I think that's one of the one of the things why like the church is still so pivotal in our community mm-hmm. because like you said it is a space for fellowship and is a space to be with people who are like you mm-hmm. like not just as like to evangelize but just like as a social space yeah. where you can be yourself you yeah. can be with people who think the same way as you mm-hmm. and you can like you can just for what a better word just like express yourself just let everything out yeah. it's kind of just a shame that like with all of that comes like all the religious dogma which keeps ultimately parents raising their children yeah. and from them from embracing people uh people or like all kinds of people yeah. and like i remember in foxes like um i think it was bob patricia and dina the characters who were like mentioning uh that in the play and always like saying that they were raised uh, both by the Christian doctrine and by mm-hmm. uh, their departed father that you have to treat everyone equally, you have to treat everyone with love. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I kept thinking there's an asterisk here because mm-hmm. you can only really do that if you are a cisgender heterosexual person. Mm-hmm. And if not, then you have to change yourself to be that or like try and do that in order to get the grace of God or get the love of God, which mm-hmm. is actually really really tough actually yeah really hard love is the answer i mean you know it's i just think that you know love is the most powerful drug and i and i you know i think it cuts through all things you know um whether we understand that or not patricia definitely understands that she may live in she may go on to live in total denial but she can't deny love. Yeah. She can't. Yeah. No matter what form it comes in, whether it's her son, you know, whether it's it's Mira, her granddaughter to be, mm-hmm. you know, Leon that comes around the house or thought, she can't deny all that. It's a feeling. It's mm-hmm. a it's a very strong feeling, you know, and um and I think that it it runs right through. It yeah. cuts right through. I know when um, you know, my, I'm talking about my, my auntie. You know, yes, because when you're talking about religion, they just see the sexual act. They don't yeah. see the, the love, they just see the sexual act. It just goes there and stays there. Mm-hmm. But I think every now and again, you know, God in, 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 you know, in the divine way, universal way, will just go, actually, love doesn't look just like that. Love looks like this. Mm-hmm. You know, love is in the food. Love yeah. is in the caring. Yeah. Love is in you know, you waking up in the middle of the night going, did I, did I say that? Did I, you know, yeah. love, you know, speaks in ways that we don't expect. And I think that's yeah. kind of special for the universe yeah. or whatever, you know. I kind of think actually that that has gone into Patricia's character in, um, in Foxy's, the way that, uh, the way that it plays out in the story. I think that cause like, I'd say that she's quite a complex character, but mm-hmm. like, cause, on the one hand, she is like not like not very um, not very tolerant. Mm. But on the other hand, you can never say that she doesn't care about both her children, both Dina and Daniel. Mm. She takes in Mira. She is like a really strong, really like really loving kind of like support there that is there for all of her children. And it's kind of like watching that performance. It kind of like it makes you realise that your parents, everyone's parents, are not perfect. Mm-hmm. They make mistakes, they say things that they shouldn't, they're like, they're a product of their environment, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, what part of growing up for me, and part of like, so coming out experience is realising that your parents kind of did the best they could with what absolutely. they had. Absolutely, absolutely. And that is shown for sure with, yeah. um, with Patricia, so I'd like to say that. 
Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Nemide, who is in the audience here. Everyone give a cheer for Nemide. And Chelsea, who plays Dina, she's, uh, she's here at the side as well. <laughs> I wanted to congratulate both of you on your performances as well. Um, like Nemide, especially you as Mira. I think uh, one of the whole things like we've been talking about like LGBT issues, we've been talking about like being gay from like the closet, being DL, but like you never like in the conversation you never really hear about the people who are like caught in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. And that is me about one hundred percent. Um I guess yeah, I mean you're in the audience, but I'll ask you anyway, like what was that like for you kind of like playing her? Uh it was it's a really complex she's a very it's a very complex part to play yeah because i think her story could easily kind of get overlooked because this is such an the the story between leon and daniel is such an important story that needs to be told mm -hmm. um and obviously what the focus of the play is about but yeah. mira's journey and storyline through this play is um really intense like she mm -hmm. she goes through a lot and you know she loses her family because she's muslim and she has a child out of wedlock to someone who isn't muslim then she finds out that the person that she wanted to you know have this family with is gay and he didn't tell her firsthand and she's living in this person's mother's house and he's not even living there so it's like a bit wild mm -hmm. um but I think it's an important story that needs to be told. And I think Absolutely. that's one of the great things yeah. about this play is like, yes, the, the main storyline is about Leon and Daniel, but then also interwoven in that is solid storylines of mm -hmm. like Patricia and what she goes through and Mira and what she goes through and even Dina and what, how she supports Daniel through mm -hmm. about the two male characters the female characters are written so beautifully to kind of support that storyline and mm -hmm. make it hit harder mm -hmm. actually because it, yes it is a strong storyline in itself but seeing how then it affects Daniel's mum Daniel's, yeah. Daniel's sister yeah. makes it has even more of an impact Absolutely. Mm, yeah. And you mentioned before that you were saying that it's about like Daniel and it's about Leon. And I guess they're like the main characters about their love story, but I honestly don't think it's just about them. But no. like yeah, cause I, I think agree. yeah, like obviously he lives in a he lives in a world, he lives in a setting and that is that is that is ultimately shaped by the mm. people who are around him, shaped by Dina, mm. shaped by uh, Patricia. Mm. So like they they colour basically the way that you see things and that really comes through. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Dina's character who like again she reminds me of like my cousins who, who knew I was gay. Everyone else who like yeah who like are trying to hide and like you ain't fooling me. And I think like especially towards the end of the play when like there's a scene where she's in the room with both Leon and Daniel and she's like let me just see myself out here. <laughs> yeah, and like, she, she reminds me so much of people in my life that I know. And obviously people that made it 
something easier for me to live to me to live my life and come out and still be like a normal functioning person. So I just wanted to say that about Dina's character. Mm-hmm. Um, going a bit back to Mira, yeah, that's what um, I really liked, and I'm really happy that it kept in there was like a scene that was between Mira and Daniel when she finds out that he's been uh, he's been having an affair basically, and that like, we get to see all of her emotions come out. Mm-hmm. I think that is like so important for the whole play as like as a whole. And basically, I think that when people come out, because it's supposed to be it's supposed to be a good news, it's supposed to be a happy occasion. Someone's accepting themselves, they're living their truth, X, Y, and Z. And like I was saying before, the people caught in the crossfire, they're almost forgotten about. Like I remember, like when Philip Schofield came out, for instance, mm. and they've been harboring this um, like this secret for years and years and years and years. And then when he finally did come out, like everyone's happy. And I was always thinking to myself, like, what about his wife? Yeah. 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 Like. Yes. Yeah. Like, what does she? What? Do, like, yes. how? What, how does she feel about all of this? Yes. Uh, yeah, like um, I when it was like coming out when it was on this morning, I can't imagine her doing backflips for some reason. Yeah, yes. like, yeah. <laughs> or having like a ticker tape parade to like yeah. him coming out. I just can't imagine that. And I thought so I think it was hugely important, and I think you did it great justice. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I wanted to say that. Um, going going back to the play in general, um, I so I watched it with uh, with my partner. And we like were having conversations, particularly about the way Foxes ends. Like, what do you think you've like played it? You've lived it. Like, what do you think of the way it ends? If I could ask you, and you ever. Um, I think. I think endings are hard. Yeah, I think endings are hard. I think everyone knows how they want the story to start. Everyone knows what the big. The reason why the story is being told. This Mm -hmm. is for any play, any story, any film, any novel. But endings are hard because it's like there's so many ways in which you could end it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, I kind of understood it when I first read it. But then speaking to Dexter and mm-hmm. really getting to grips with the story, the character, just knowing that there's no perfect ending. Mm-hmm. So so many people have lived through the same kind of situation, story. And it, their their endings. They're still living their endings now. They're going different ways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was just the base of this is the story, mm-hmm. and you can imagine what mm-hmm. could happen, what you'd want to happen, but also what may happen. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of became at peace with that very kind of early on when I understood it. Okay. I took a lot of pressure off. Yeah. 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 What about you, Doreen? About the ending, I think the ending is very real. I think that, you know, that um, I think that when you get the kind of reaction that you get when you come out in a scene that you witness, that, yeah. you know, it informs how you're going to live your life, mm-hmm. you know, how you're going to go forward. And um, so I think that the way that the two, you know, that, that Leon and, and Daniel choose to live their lives, I think is very, it's realistic. Yeah. You know, I know men like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the mother goes, you know, goes on with her life, um, living in in denial. But she knows the truth. Of course, she knows the truth. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, um, um, but it seemed. But he's taking, you know, responsibility for his child, mm-hmm. and you know, and her children actually are doing very well. Yeah. You know? So. Um, yeah. She'll 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 acclimatize to it. She'll get she'll. 
we hope so yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, she won't be having gay parties anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like Trump is hosting like She won't a, be doing that. Yeah, Trump be bowling, Trump be having like a ball. She like, will not be doing that. No, yeah, no. you know. Yeah. But um, she's the kind of woman who, you know, will watch sort of like EastEnders and Emmerdale. And if there's the, that kind of storyline going on, she's not going to switch it off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? This time mm-hmm. she will sit and listen and watch it yeah. and be able to relate and maybe ask, you know, Daniel questions going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember the first time that I watched, I was like, that's the end. Like, oh, that's a fine ending. This time around, I agree with both of you that the ending is very real. It's like very, very true to life. And it's kind of like the situation with all the characters that like everybody knows with like this unspoken thing mm. and usually that is something like outside for a lot of queer people that goes on for years mm. years and years and years where like everybody knows something about you but nobody wants to say anything yeah and like no like they've, they've like built like at the end of it they've kind of like built up kind of like a harmony where everyone can coexist together and daniel can keep up with his responsibilities and he can conduct his relationship in secret mm. and everything is like fine but like I know from experience that like his the way he has things with Leon like at one side coming the other is just not sustainable. Mm. And like because um, I guess like it's a, like it's really it's a really odd one because we always talk about like how lonely the shame of being in the closet, but it's also like it's security as well, isn't it? It's yeah. like it makes you feel safe. It makes you feel the way that you can. Uh, live out everything that you want to do uh, from the safety of your own home or from mm. the proverbial closet. But like I said, I know that like that is just not sustainable in the long term. Mm. And like having that information, like watching it as it unfolded towards the end, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to feel. Cause, like it did kind of make me feel a little bit sad actually. Yeah. Just yeah, so thinking that like I want to see the, I want to see foxes in two years time, I want to see like what the family picture looks like now. Because mm. like I can, I could, like I said, I know from experience that it just isn't, it wouldn't be like that. Mm. No. Yeah. 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 So like I said, like we've had like the most conversation I'd say was probably about like how we felt about the ending and like what, yeah, like what we thought like, it was like, are we happy with how it resolved? Were we not? But the ending said it was a great one because it was mm. so real. But then maybe that's why it was, cause it was like a bit triggering, so to speak. Yeah, from the experience. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I've been going on for ages. So mm. let's turn to our lovely audience here. Um, if anyone has any questions, any comments for Doreen or Anyebe, um, yeah. Uh, congratulations, guys. You guys are doing such a great job and telling such an important story. It's, Thank it's you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, my question is, there are a lot of intimate moments throughout the play, and I was wondering, as a cast, um, with your director as well, how do you keep the rehearsal space kind of safe for you guys and how do you choreograph those moments? That's an excellent question. I'm going to go to Anyebi. <laughs> um, I'd say a lot of conversations and just understanding just even in terms of storytelling and if any of us had done like intimacy on stage before. And um, one thing that was really great was having an intimacy director which I know before the pandemic wasn't a thing for theatre, but was a thing for screen. Um, and having a good friendship relationship as well with your co-star, your, um, and 
just being able to be honest and have like conversations and it would be a closed rehearsal space at times, especially when we were figuring stuff out with intimacy. And then that made it kind of feel like you could then be braver and try different things and whatever. And I think eventually just, it just, just gets into your body and you just kind of, you know, what you need to do and how you do it. And you also do it respectfully. There was a thing that we did, which was like a tag-in, which intimacy director um, really introduced. Um, Robbie, Robbie, and it would be we just like just stand in front of each other, high five, okay, and then you'd copy. So I'd go like that and say this, my head feels okay, my neck, but we'd just be eye contact while copying each other, and we'd both do it. So we knew where and where we couldn't or felt comfortable to touch, or if there was an ache or pain that day, and it just builds kind of a lot of mm. like yeah intimacy. Yeah. yeah. I guess we could build trust between. Yeah, the trust. Actors, I think I that's the biggest mm. thing. Trust. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. Okay. No, I've um, like I've had a hand up for. Yeah. Hi guys. Um, yeah. Dad did so so well. Like it was such a beautiful beautiful play. Thank I just you. wanted to ask. There was a part that you referenced back to the title of the play, and I was really paying attention. I even turned to my friend. I was like, "Oxys." Can you just like say what it was again, if you don't mind? If that's not like giving away too much. Oh wow, now you're actually asking me if I remember my lines. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, oh, okay, now, now I'm really... I do know it. Yeah. I do know it, but it's just... Yeah. I just, just, just it. Know. Can you imagine? Is it something like, can you imagine, was that foxes in the night? Fear and um, rejection and yeah. Really cool. yeah. There you go. Yeah, thank you, thank you. My mind just, but yeah, it's... Um, I literally just gave you the line. I know, I know. Sorry, my mind just, because especially because it's within the monologue as well. Yeah. So I never even, yeah. and I think there was a pressure as well when I first started delivering it, there was a pressure to not give away, like, you hear it, yeah. but I'm trying... It's like you get to it, you know, oh my gosh, I'm saying the thing that everyone knows it. Okay, now, oh, I have to say it this way. Okay, no, the direction's been, say it like it's, so in my head, I just remember the whole thing as opposed to. It was almost like a passing, like, you pick up on it straight away, but then as soon as you heard it, I'm like, wow. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, I think, um, especially understanding, speaking with James, our director, and Dexter, the writer, and just really understanding that with Leon specifically, like the character's just, that's been his life. Yeah. So it's not gonna be like a big foxes, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, he, he knows that's been his life. Like I said before, lone wolf, but foxes as well. Cause yeah, they move in packs, but not yeah. to get, you never see them all together. They're all, yeah. they're scattered across a road, yeah. doing their own thing. Then they'll yeah. come back together, they're not, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. So it was always, um, understanding that that was something that he knows and if you probably ask Leon or see Leon privately you would see that he already describes himself as a fox but it's the first time that it's said and mm -hmm. the only time it's said in the play mm -hmm. so yeah can I just say something as well um, and also the fact that they come out at night so mm. when we were speaking to the director he was saying how back in the not the director the writer back in the day like he used to speak to those kinds of people so like you know the man and apparently like there were certain places they would go to at night time 
and they mm -hmm. only know about those places, no one else. So they know where those places are, like whether it was in Hackney or Brixton. Um, mm. So I think it's also the idea that you don't see them in the light, you see them in the dark. Mm -hmm. And that's when you see foxes as well in the dark. Mm -hmm. I think that's also the reference. Yeah, the fact that's yeah. right. Hiding, you don't see them out. Yeah. yeah. So, you would never know. Yeah. You just wouldn't know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone else with a question? Uh, both hands up. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you. Um, just wanted to obviously commend the cast on such a brilliant performance and such a beautiful play. Thank you. And, Thank you. Um, wanted to comment on the ending. Actually, I think at first I was a bit taken aback. Like, oh, y'all done? <laughs> I, I think I spoke to y'all like, oh, that was the intermission. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, looking back at it now, I think um, to both the director and the writer especially that um, it would have almost been dishonest and altruistic to end it in a manner where the one that, oh yeah, oh cool, everything's cool. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great. And then my actual question back to that is um, to both of you, um, if you could change or add one thing to your character in terms of their relationship to, I guess, um, the queer community, um, acceptance and religion in a sense um what would that be oh wow <laughs> pressure to make you think <laughs> god realistically playing patricia i uh wow you'd i think patricia you'd have to ask her in about you know a year's time or maybe five years time she's not there yet mm -hmm. she's just not there um mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I that that's what I, I think with her. She's just not at the end of the play. She she she's just about managing what she's got. You know, that's where she's at. I don't think she can manage anything more than that. But going forward, I think that it would be Patricia having the courage to ask her son a question about how she's do how he's doing mm. and who he's in relationship with because there would be you know Mira's getting on with her life the child is growing up my granddaughter's doing really well but he there's still no other woman mm -hmm. he would have mm -hmm. to he would have to she would have to ask the question mm -hmm. and i think she'd be strong enough to be able to ask it mm you know, a place of radical acceptance mm -hmm. and therefore love. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. Can you repeat that? Because I felt like there were two mixed or no, the question again, sorry. Um, so, <clears throat> well, um, my question is, if there's one thing you could change or add to your character in yeah. relationship to, I guess, queer community acceptance, love and community, um, what would that be? Leon seeing, I think in, in the Fox's monologue, he says, um, if they are white, no, all I see is white men holding hands, or if they are black dads and I don't want to be a rascal like woman. Mm. And it was, I think it would be the acceptance of other people within the community mm -hmm. because um, it was really having conversations with Dexter, with James, but also having conversations with other people and just being like, because 
within that same scene or whatever, it's man ain't gay. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But Leon seems to not even seems Leon is gay, says he is, but then has this kind of dismissal or dismissive behavior to everyone else, even though he's accepted he is. Mm-hmm. Which for me, it felt like it was very interesting. It was just a very interesting, and maybe it would be about exploration of I would say exploration of yeah because it just felt very like no homo huh? it's like no homo yeah. <laughs> but for someone that's accepted yeah. yeah do you see what I'm saying which so I think it would be more of an exploration of that yeah thank you um, so just to expand on that I think you made a really good point there actually with Leon because I like he accepts that he's a gay man but I guess like the way that Leon is seeing kind of like his queerness so to speak mm. I guess like it's just purely like sexual like relationship like doing things with other people some might say reductive but I think like with Leon like I said that acceptance still needs to come and I think when he does I think it's like it's more than just like who you go to bed with who you're seen out with but it's more like the way you see the world yeah. And I think, like, for Leon's character, that's kind of, like, something that you would really hope that he got to, like, come to terms with and really explore mm-hmm. later on down the line. Mm-hmm. Whether that actually would happen for him or not, we can, not we can say. Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, that's, um, that's just a little bit to expand on that. Can I mm-hmm. say something else as well, that just going, feeding off what you've just asked, that question, is, I, you know, in the, in the beautiful world, it would be, and I don't know whether you've all been, but if you can go this year because I think it's coming back this year but you should go to UK Black Pride it is the most exhilarating amazing event and it's one of those events where you know you you go and you see everybody who's black gay queer however you identify as other and sometimes you do you see their children and their aunties and their parents and they have picnics and it is amazing. It's the most amazing mm-hmm. experience to go to. And I think also with Leon and, you know, with Daniel, is going to, I don't know whether it still happens anymore, but Bootalicious, which was oh, just it's, oh, like... Oh, it still Yeah, don't worry. Oh, yeah, it's my, God. <laughs> my God. It's just the most amazing event. It's brilliant. In fact, I will tell you a story of my own where I went to Bootalicious with my partner at the time and their uncle walked in. Oh. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Brutalicious is an event. It was majoritively all black men and it was behind the tavern, I think it was. Yeah, the, the, that's right. yeah in yeah. Vauxhall. Yeah. And it, as you young people say, it was lit. <laughs> it was amazing. It's just brilliant. And when you go there, you just see mandem. You know what I mean? Mandem that just look like mandem on road. You know, just black, queer, together in love. It is amazing. Who can dance for days? Mm-hmm. It's the best experience. And and I think it was one point I could be lying, but you had to, as a woman you had to be, or you know, if you uh, lesbian, you had to be invited there as a guest of mm-hmm. yeah the gay men. It's just amazing. You walk in and there's just black men everywhere. 
of all kind of types, you know, but mostly mandem. Yeah, who you see on road, you just say it's on road, man. But no. And they're holding hands and dancing yeah. to yeah. night nurse and all sorts of vibes. It's yeah. beautiful. It's beautiful. So the thing about um, Beautylicia, so it's on us, uh, what is the place called? Where is it? Club Union, that's it. Saturday of every month. Yeah, well, there we go. Yeah, Club yeah, Union, yeah, yeah. last Saturday of every month. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah um, it's still lit. Anyone who's interested, I'd say for sure check it out. And I guess, like, just to speak on like the importance of Black Pride and of like nights like Booty Delicious, is that like I think it's just like really nice. Like, you don't, I don't, you really understand what it's like to not be the odd one out mm. in a space that you're in. And when um when I was at Black Pride in 2019, when I'm at Delicious, it's just like it's an indescribable feeling to feel that like no one's gonna judge me for the way I talk, no one's gonna judge me for the way I act, no one's gonna judge me for who I'm talking to, mm. no one's gonna judge me for wanna whine on um, on any for and um, any song do anything I wanna do because like I'm in a space and everyone is like me. I kind of like I guess you can make a a comparison between Patricia and the church or community and the church yeah it's kind of like a similar kind of like a similar thing there so yeah. i completely agree with you absolutely yeah, yeah. black pride time of a life honestly yeah. i can't wait to come back yeah, yeah. me too <laughs> me too yes it is yeah yes. i think it's the third of july yes i think it is but don't yeah. call me on that yeah it's usually the day after london pride yeah yeah they did like an unofficial one last year didn't they it was like a virtual yeah. one yeah online yeah yeah, I didn't pretend that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had to do the podcast like completely virtual before, and like trying to talk to people when they're like bad connection. Yeah. You know, when they're gonna stop? Uh, when they're gonna start? Nightmare. So. Yeah. Not there behind us, girl. <laughs> anyway, I think we have one more question. Yeah. Because I've been in this business for, yeah, a long time. And I, I would say to these ones, I'm a thousand years old. And I have, I don't think I've ever seen black men with being this intimate 
on stage ever. No, I can't. No, yeah, two, two black mm. men. Mm. Um, I haven't, and and um, it's timely, and it's right and proper. And I have to say that when we read the script and when we were in rehearsals and then we put it in front of an audience, me personally, I was just like, I don't know how this is going to go down. I don't know how this is going to yeah. go down. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, because, because culturally we're so against it, mm -hmm. you know, we, we're frightened of it for right reasons. We know where it all came come from. We know what happened historically in terms of slavery. We know why it's all here and why we're so terrified of it. So I didn't. I I don't know. You you, you know. Um, I haven't seen any images like that. At theatre yeah. where you are up close. You're there. You're there. It's an intimate in space. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. theatre five hundred three, where it was at last year, is even smaller than this. You're just there. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's just mm -hmm. here. So mm -hmm. it was terrifying because sometimes we can really hear your response. Which is like, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, Tossin and I sit in the in the dressing room behind her. We, we we listen for that scene because we know it's going to impact you in a great in a in a big way. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah, I haven't seen two men, black men, kissing on stage, being this intimate and open about it. I can't recall. Mm -hmm. I've never seen it. Um, I can't recall. And everyone that I know that's come to see it is like they've never seen it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people don't. Re you don't realise you haven't seen something till you see it. Mm -hmm. So you can't think Absolutely. about what you haven't seen because you've mm -hmm. never seen it. Absolutely. And then, and then you see people's reactions and you hear. And I think the interesting thing is like, when you're on stage, you know what's about to come, but you never know how someone's going to react or how mm -hmm. the audience are going to react. Some days people are just silent, like maybe in shock or maybe just, and some days people laugh. They and yeah. you might hear uncomfortability some yeah but you never know how it's just being taken and then mm -hmm. you find out at the end do you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i think it's a thing of for me when i read it i was just like wow this is i've not read this before i've not seen this mm -hmm. and it's been a very for me it's been like a life-changing journey and experience being able to tell this story being trusted to as well do you know what i mean um, I realise I say do you know what I mean a lot now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's on record <laughs> literally but yeah um, but just for me I'm just excited to tell a story that hasn't been seen before because it's been told but not seen on stage and for people to see themselves and to open up a conversation especially within the black community mm -hmm. which is the stories that I hope to tell and have been fortunate enough to tell so far trying to further conversation to better the community you know and to make people's lives better especially for younger generations coming through so for me yeah this is the first time I've seen it and I can't even see it because I'm in it but yeah. <laughs> fortunate enough to be part of it yeah yeah can I just say as well like hope I, I agree with what they said um it is the first I think anyone's really ever seen this level of intimacy and you're right like there is kind of this change in theater, in theater land of you know black people in general really like having their moment to tell their stories and people are really embracing it not just the black community but like all the communities hopefully this is the, the beginning of mm -hmm. 
piece of, of black people being able to deeply share on an intimate level their stories. That's mm-hmm. what we're hoping for as a company, you know, and I'm sure mm-hmm. the writer and yeah. the director also feel the same. Because we don't see it enough, as yeah. you as mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think this is the first of its kind. Um, mm-hmm. and so hopefully this will inspire other people to write about it to be a part of it, yeah. because I know even in the casting process for the two lead characters, it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Not because it's uh, there was a lack of people to play, but because, you know, the impact of this story, mm-hmm. people didn't know how it was going to be taken. Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, we're really fortunate that it's been taken very well because we are riding this wave of black theatre and telling this story in a queer space, and black queer space too. Um, but it was very difficult to cast it, I found. So yeah. And I was gonna say as well, I think it's important um, to just show like, also the other flip side is the fact that men can be intimate and not always be labeled gay as well. Because I feel like there's a lot of like alpha men who are like, I can't be intimate with you because oh, man might think I'm moving that way. But it's like, we need to create a space as well where Black men can just be intimate with one another. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I can say I love you, I can hug you, and not feel mm-hmm. that I'm from not hugging you. We need to create mm-hmm. space like that as well. And I feel mm-hmm. like even on the flip side, like I think it's amazing that we're shedding light on the queer community, but I think it's also amazing that it sheds light that black men can be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I can be intimate with another black man, and it's mm-hmm. not like I'm trying to put something on you. I'm just being intimate with you. Do you know what I'm saying? I feel mm-hmm. like there needs to be a space for that as well. Um, one last thing that I can't speak for the theatre necessarily but um, so one of the things that I try to do in Black Boy Joy podcast is kind of like try to unearth like pockets of like black queer spaces not just in London so uh, where I'm from Birmingham for instance there is like an organisation called like Unmuted From which is catered towards um, queer men of colour in um, Manchester, there's one called Coloured Youth, which um, is aimed towards people of colour, but like I'm young, kind of like more 16 to 25. Mm-hmm. I know of someone in Newcastle, for instance, who has, again, like set up like queer spaces for queer people of colour, like, right up in the northeast of northeast of the UK, where That's you wouldn't cool. imagine there'd be many, like many, nah. many yeah. not even black people or mm-hmm. age people at all, let alone queer people of colour, but they are there. We do exist, and yes. like I feel like like this kind like this kind of time is one where we're really starting to like get out there and kind of like spread our message or whatever it is out into the world. So I just wanted to yeah, just wanted to say that. Is there any more questions or? Okay, well I guess I just wanted to say that um, feeding back off your point that I don't think I've really seen much like in any medium necessarily that I feel I could see myself in characters and I could see situations that I relate to and that was definitely the case with Foxes so I just want to thank both of you for your fantastic performances for like I said like making me as a black gay boy to a black queer man feel mm-hmm. seen and oh. that never that never usually happens so thank I want to you. thank you for that. Um, if people you. want to follow you or anything, or people want to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Do you have like handles? Do you want Instagram, Twitter? Insta. Queen, literally. Literally. Tell them Instagram. 
Blackstock. So my name is Dorian Blackstock, so I've just shortened it. So yeah. So yeah, you're just fine. You're yeah. funny. I'm on Insta. Okay. <laughs> I'm also on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> What's your Twitter? It's the same. It's Dorian Stock. Okay. Yeah, at Dorian Stock. It's actually Dorian B Stock. There you go, it's Doreen Beeston. You added the wrong Doreen. There you go, so it's Doreen Beeston on the Twitter and also on the Insta. <laughs> Doreen is D O R E E N E. Yeah. Ah, yes, there's an E on the end. And mine is um, on Insta, is Anyebi underscore Godwin. Um, and on Twitter, it's just Anyebi Godwin. So, yeah. How do you spell your first name? My first name, yeah. So, my first name is A-N-Y-E. <laughs> Thank you. But I spell it for the podcast. B-E. So, yeah. B-E. Um, yeah. And please tweet and tell people yeah. about it. Tell your friends, your aunties, your uncles. Honestly, tell everyone to come so, in and and see the show and mm, support. That'd be great. Yeah. So yeah, um, I've been what this is Black Boy Joy podcast. Um, our podcast is on like a small hiatus now, but we have about about sixty or so episodes that's on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Google Podcasts, Audible, whatever it is, like whatever it is. Audible is, is not it's not on Audible. I'm lying about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not Audible. You can't get it on Audible. That's completely <laughs> true. But uh, you can follow us on Instagram as at that Boy Joy Podcast on Twitter at BLK Boy Joy Pod. And of course, uh, Foxes will be at Severdale Playhouse until the 11th of June. So tell your friends, come back to see it again. Uh, make sure that like, the wonderful cast and creatives feel supported. So yeah, but I just wanted to thank everyone else for listening to me, for having to go on for so long. It's been a great, and thank you so much for taking thank time you. out. Thank it's you. Great. Thank, thank you, you for much. your time as well. No problem. <laughs> Thank you. And that's a wrap. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs>